0: Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want. Feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself, and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. So this week, I wanted to discuss urges and cravings, because I think it's one of those ideas that gets so... Demonized and fear mongered <laughs> to really make us afraid of having a craving, afraid of having urges, whichever term sits with you more. And I think of them basically the same, where urges and cravings are a desire for something. Even the definitions kind of align, there can be slight differences. Um, and cause I mean, I think cravings are more so for what we were traditionally think of, like a desire for something, where I think an urge can also be a little bit more of action-based as well, like the urge to do something, and I we get so fearful of them because of all the language and everything that we hear about having a craving. So like how to avoid cravings, how to overcome them, how to not react to them, how to distract yourself from them, how to manage them. It's this concept and idea that we have to manage and control. We have to learn to control ourselves when we're craving things is such a message that we receive from most diets is how to manage our cravings and or how to manage those urges to stay in bed in the morning when you told yourself you were going to work out because you're just going to want to keep sleeping. And you're basically taught like, oh, you're gonna have the urge to do something that's not good for you. So we can view the urges and cravings as like, this is a temptation to do something that's bad for me. And I think when we have, when I take back to like the bare bones of what I would think a craving an urge of how I would define it is that powerful desire to do something or to have something. And I like to add on to that that it's also the desire for something that is going to make us feel good. Because I think that's the most important piece of understanding our urges and, and our cravings because I think it's so much smarter for us to Work with our bodies to work with our biological things that happen rather than trying to overcome and manage them. Because I think instead of avoiding cravings and avoiding urges, we can work with that biological drive that we have, and that we can do that with training ourselves of how we want to look at these. Because urges and cravings don't have to be this fearful temptation of it's going to make me do something that doesn't fit within my plan. Instead, we can look at urges and cravings as supporting us, like supporting us to feel good. And that's why I like to add the lens of to the definition of it's something that makes us feel good is what our body has that desire and what our minds have that desire for And it may be something that provides only a short-term feeling good, or it could be something that adds more of a long-term feeling good to us. So like the short-term could be satisfying a craving for chocolate with having a chocolate bar. And then you satisfy that craving and it makes you feel good. But say you're already feeling really over full and then you decide to satisfy that craving with the chocolate bar. It's like you it may taste really good in that moment, or if it's part of a binge, like while eating it, it may help you feel good. But afterwards, if it's leading you to feeling overfull, you may not feel very good. So, like there can be where it might not feel good long term, or like sometimes when exercising or going to bed earlier, doing things that maybe doesn't sound the most desirable in that moment, but like thinking about the long-term benefit of feeling well-rested, of our muscles feeling strong and mobile, we can use that then to help ourselves. So I started to think about this a lot more because I am in my own personal relationship with food, exercise, and my body I have been adding in a lot more workouts because I had been using movement in walking more so and wanted to add in more of scheduled workouts again, because I could tell like my body was feeling better when I did that. It was helping my energy and I had not been doing those in the past because of, it just brought up a lot of drama for me and in my mind drama, it was easier for me to focus on one thing at a time because I was sorting through all this out myself. And that's why I want to help all of you with it because it can help being around people and talking to people and hearing from people who've gone through the journey already. So I don't think it would have taken me as long when I have support because in other areas where I've gotten support, it's been a lot smoother when you have someone who's been through it and when you can have someone you can talk to. But anyway, I decided to them separately because that's where it worked for me at the time. So now several months of exercising more and this concept started to stick out to me because I was hearing something about cravings and urges and then was starting to notice that the more I did exercise and did workouts, then my body would have a craving and like the urge for that movement. Like I would wake up in the morning or get home from working or being out. And I would have that urge of like, I want to work out right now. And so often we can view (laughs) those urges as it's going to lead to something bad for us because of the way it's talked about. But we can start using like, this is something that our body craves and wants because it is being perceived in our relationship with that thing as bringing a benefit to our life, and that benefit could be those short term ones, or it could be something that's longer term, like the increased mobility in my body, feeling stronger, like feeling more energized. Is I know that sometimes when I'm like in you know, a workout, my muscle feels like it's cramping because of holding something. It's like, obviously in that moment, it's not feeling really good, but I do direct my brain and myself too of like, I'm getting so much stronger. Like, I love how strong my muscles feel. I love the flexibility and mobility that I'm gaining. I'm loving my core and my back getting stronger because it helps reduce pain and discomfort that I have in my back. And just really connecting to the positives of it is so different than when you're approaching it from the place of, and when I used to focus so much more on how it was going to be hard, it was going to be this tough thing that I have to convince myself to do. And that's how I was approaching it before when I was still in the dieting mindset. So years did not go now, but that's how I was like, I know I'm not going to want to do it. Like how do I overcome the urge to not want to do this, to want to lay on the couch instead is, was the focus. But when my focus is more on that positive relationship that I have with exercise, it's like, I have more urges and more cravings for that. And it's something that I want to just genuinely do. And this is something that not fully planning to talk about a lot in With my exercise journey, I am taking notes on it in my own little journal because then I can use that information later with all of you to help teach it more. But I've been just working on my own stuff first with it. And this is just one of those topics where I was like, yeah, we need to talk about this now because you don't need to hack your body, hack your mind and like hack your biology and looking for all these like catchy phrases that we try to come up with to motivate people in the health space. I see it's so often like, this is how you can do it. This is like new way to do it Which this way is going to work. Cause if it's new, then it's like, I haven't tried this before. So let me see how it works. And we just are spending a lot of time overthinking, And trying to overcome our own bodies versus working with our bodies. And when it comes to urges and cravings, when we take the time to understand that the way they really function is by trying to help us feel good, because we all want to feel better. We all want to feel good as we're going through life. And that's what a lot of these urges and cravings for, or even when maybe it's wanting to have a drink after a really long, stressful day is like we can have that urge of like, this is going to help me relax. This is going to help me unwind. And that's really the drive behind having the urge to do the thing. And when we understand that we can evaluate, is this truly leading to the result that I'm expecting it to lead to? So with the, the one example I just threw out of having a drink after work, it's like, maybe you have one or two, but then The next morning, you kind of feel a little off and it doesn't really lead to that net benefit, but maybe it is leading to enough of a benefit in that short period of time. But that's the part where it's helping. But how is it impacting my life fully? Because a lot of the concepts around trying to cut things out, trying to be healthier, it it operates under if I avoid the thing long enough, then I will no longer crave it because if I'm not having it, I'm not going to crave it as often. So it's this very... It can be a very resistance place and like feel deprived. Like, oh, if I'm to feel deprived long enough, I just let myself feel that way. Eventually I'll stop wanting it. And I think when we work with our bodies in the way of like what we're truly wanting, we can assess it from that place of how is this truly impacting me? Like, what am I trying to get by doing this thing? Like, what am I trying to create for myself? And am I actually creating that for myself when I have this food, when I rest, when I work out, when I, whatever it is, that behavior that you're trying to look at and evaluate, because from that place, the next time you're in that situation, after you've done it, say you skipped the workout and rested. And then afterwards you can think and evaluate like, did I need that rest? Was that good? Did that provide me with what I wanted? And then the next time you're presented with that same option, you can then evaluate, like, is that what I need? Or do I need the exercise? Like, which one is going to feel the best? Because there are times where, especially in exercise, like your muscles need the rest, they need to relax and to recover. And then there are times where Maybe I'm just feeling really tired and like my brain's just in that headspace where I don't want to work out, but I can tell them that like, that's what would make me feel my best. So then I'll go work out and do that. And so it's from that place of like, I don't have to do anything. What do I want to do? What will be the most supportive for me? And it's from that space. And then we can build the habit of those cravings and urges to do things that are actually supporting us. Because the more we focus on what is helping us, the more we focus on that, put the energy there, we will naturally want those things more. Because we are teaching ourselves, these are the things that actually help me feel really good. And our brains learn that, And then start to have cravings and urges for it, because when we get to the place of, we take it to this point of emotional eating or binges or overeating. From that place, we usually will just take the action from that, like emotionally binge eat eat a lot of food, feel uncomfortable, but it's a way of checking out or a way of like feeling fulfilled. So it's a way of bringing us to a state, but then because we may have shame about taking that action. We just don't evaluate it. We don't assess what that created for us. And then we just bury it. And then we're never seeing like, did that create what I wanted it to create? Because that's where the learning is. That's where we can evaluate. That's where we make the changes. If you want to, because that doesn't just go for things that we want to change. That goes for things that we want to continue doing. Because let's use the example of a long stressful day wanting to relax or realizing you're not really feeling fulfilled. So like you want to feel fulfilled and good about yourself. And then it's like, you just have like the easiest way to reach fulfillment. And like the quickest action there is to eat some food because that would fulfill that craving that you might be having for that food. And it feels like it's fulfilling us. And we can, from there, actually, if you take the action, you see like do I actually feel fulfilled after this? And there may be a like, yes, like I do feel full and maybe that is fulfilling, but like, is that really creating the feeling of fulfillment that I am looking for? And because that's where we can get into the trap and why the mindset piece is so big and important here is if we are waiting for Something we're doing to make us feel a certain way, like really how we feel about something is the lens that we're viewing it through. And that's how people can have the exact same experiences, but have different feelings about the experience is how we're perceiving it. So if we're going through and we have the pattern of looking through our life as like, I'm not fulfilled by this, we're going to continue looking for how we're not fulfilled. And that's where we can get to where even when people are reaching their goals, doing things, they can still feel unfulfilled because they're seeing all the gaps. They're seeing all the ways that they're not fully fulfilled. So you have to start building that practice mentally first of how is this filling me? What am I finding? Like What are the gains in my life? What am I truly enjoying here to build that feeling of fulfillment for ourselves? Because we have to practice that lens because otherwise we can end up trying to create that experience of fulfillment from outside of us, whether that's food, whether that's an achievement, instead of turning inward to make sure we have that connection and relationship with ourselves first, that actually leaves us open to experiencing it. But that in and of itself is a whole other part of this conversation and how we can create and work on building that habit but to bring it back to this one of how you can start using cravings and urges for yourself to benefit yourself, to create more of the habits that you want to, is to really like... So we'll use my workout that I did this afternoon as an example of when I think about that, it's not like, all oh, this was tough, like this was hard or judging like, oh, I couldn't do this move perfectly, or I wasn't as flexible as I wanted to be, or I didn't do every single rep because my muscle was feeling tired. Instead of looking at it through that lens, I look at my exercises like I could see it that way, but I choose to like, every time I do this, I'm getting stronger. Like I love how strong I am. I love how good it feels. I love just moving my body and helping my body feel better. And the mental boost that I get from it, my energy boost that I get from it—I just love taking care of my body. When I look at it through that lens, it creates so many positive and good feelings of like I feel so fulfilled and satisfied with my workout, even though somebody else could see it and be like, "Oh well, that could have gone harder. Like that could have gone stronger there. It could have more reps here." Like there's any number of ways where you could look for it through and at something that you've done. And when you choose to look at it through the way of like, yes, this is helping me. This is making me feel good. It's like, I want to do another one already. (laughs) Not really because my muscles need to rest, but there is a little bit of that mental urge and drive of like, I'm excited for the next time I work out. And we can create that by practicing that. And it really is, that practice and the willingness, the other side of this is being willing to sit with that other side of it that I mentioned, because in the beginning of me really bringing workouts back in is there was definitely some time of comparison, even with all the work that I've done on my relationship with exercise and my body. It's like, there are some comparisons of like, oh, well, I probably could have done it this way a couple years ago. Or I should be stronger here. Like there were those judgments and allowing that to be there, being like, okay, this is my old pattern, the old way of thinking. It sometimes pops back up when I'm doing something that I haven't addressed this with. And it's okay. Like, of course I think that. Just a program thought. It's okay. And here's how I want to see it. And the thoughts I have now, I did have to bringe myself over to... But that's all part of this journey. And when you get there, then you can get to a place where you don't have to do as much work around it because you've developed and created that relationship with it because that's the base. That trusting, that strong relationship is the base of how you'll take care of yourself. All right, and that is what I have for you for this week's episode. Thank you for joining me. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy Podcast. If you want to learn to trust yourself around food so you can stop overeating and feel more comfortable in your body, I want to invite you to join my coaching program. Come visit me at foodpeacenutrition.com to learn more.